Hello, hello. Welcome back. Another week here. Another week. Another 30 to 45 minutes together. Yeah. So get your, you know, get your day started. Go for that walk. Get your what cup of coffee. What else do you do when you listen to the podcast? I'm trying to think. People are probably driving. Out, Some driving. people working out. Some people sitting on their couch procrastinating. Yeah. A lot of different things. Yeah. Mm, but thank you. Really thank you all for being here. Yeah, we're uh, some uh, hot water with orange to drink, and he put cinnamon in it and cloves. Mm, which yeah, I guess delicious. I guess we're gonna start with what we're drinking yeah, I guess because we, are. we I just put it on the table right before we sat down. So I'd say I'm doing a little detox. Julie's doing a little detox, and we were just talking about how our two drinks look a little different. That's because I put a little bourbon in mine. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. You were gonna tell me. Well, that's what I was getting at. Uh, is there some in mine? No. Oh. No, yours is just water, a slice of orange, some cloves, and a cinnamon stick. And then mine is the same, but with a little bourbon in it. If you guys usually like lemon water, try orange water. It's really yep. good, and you can put like spices like cinnamon and cloves, and it just tastes really good. Yeah. You know? Just spices it up a little bit, adds yeah. a little bit of flavor to it. and Gives you like a fall, wintry flavor. As I was making these, I was smelling it, and I was like, ah, these remind me of Christmas and Hanukkah and like yeah. kind of the wintry holidays, but I think that was the cloves. Mm-hmm. Cloves and cinnamon. But we're um, we're far from those holidays. We're both kind of got our, our minds on the sun, mm-hmm. thinking about warmer weather. We, yeah. just, um, we just got back from a little winter vacation that we took. Most of you guys have probably seen from my or Julia's Instagram. Yeah. We just did a trip to uh, Sedona, Arizona. Yep. Was so what amazing. We, what do we want to talk about with that, Julia? What do you mean? What do you want to talk about with the, the trip? Um, do you just want to tell everybody about how good the warmth felt or the sun? It was so like when we were there, it, it still was really cold at night in the morning, but the air was so fresh mm-hmm. and it warmed up during the day to like 55, 60 degrees, 65. And to me, that literally felt like 80 degree weather. Like I was yeah. like sun tanning. Yeah, the, the nights would drop down into the 20s. So, like, it was really cold, and then the heat of the day. I mean, it, it, it was wasn't different. getting like it was that warm, but it was, like, direct sunlight. I mean, yeah. we were literally Sunny sitting out in shorts and T-shirt, like, yeah. trying to get a tan. And, yeah. But um, it wasn't. It was, like, 30 degrees, but it just felt warmer than here. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it felt really nice, and we had a good trip. What um? Yeah. What were some of the highlights for you? So we did a few different hikes. One was the Cathedral Rock. That was probably my favorite hike. We did it at sunrise. I basically forced Pat out of bed in the morning, and I always do this, and he hates it, and then later it thanks me. Yeah. Because it was such an amazing hike to like start when the sun was coming up, and we basically finished as the sun was rising. So it was just so beautiful to see such a good like hike and a, even like a morning workout without even realizing what you're doing. Yeah. And to see the views, I just, like, did my best to take them in. And I had a a few moments while I was there where I was just, like, I want a house here. Yeah. Like, I I was very, I'm very set on having that one day now. Yeah. Hopefully in, like, not 30 years. Hopefully, <laughs> you know. Yeah. In the next five. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the hikes we did there were beautiful. The Cathedral Rock hike. Um, we did Devil's Bridge. There are a couple yeah. ones that we just kind of found. You know, off Google. I liked the um, last day, too, with the trail. I don't know what it was called. Yeah. Well, 
for any of you guys that are interested, I'm going to have a blog post and I have a vlog coming and a blog post just for like where we stayed and like other options and things we did and restaurants we liked and didn't yeah. get to do, you know, so there will be like options if you guys are interested to see online from um, our trip. Yeah. I think that's one of the differences between me and you when we travel. And I think it was probably this trip that made me realize it where you were really about like the change in weather, the seeing the new things, trying new restaurants where I more am like, I want to find new people to talk to and like experience a little bit of like their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, so like some of my favorite things while we were there, like the first night we went to this restaurant called the Cowboy Club yeah, and pretty touristy, like kind of on the main strip in Sedona. But like our server was just like born and raised mm -hmm. Sedona, very like very Western, you know, but I mean, just a, a really good guy to talk to and like, you know, just kind of experience him and and the different types of people there. And then another one, um, if you saw on Julia's Instagram again, I got two new tattoos mm -hmm. while we were in Sedona. And he's been talking about this for like months. So I was like, Yeah, it was two tattoo tattoos today? that I had wanted. But what I'm saying about the trip, it was like when we were when I was in the chair and you sat next to me and talked to the guy the whole time, we we're the only people in there. Like to me, that was one of the highlights of the trip because it was like real conversation with yeah. somebody from Sedona and like um it, it was just yeah. really cool to me. And the the two tattoos I got, the one was I got my wedding band um done on my left ring finger. It's very, so, very permanent now. Yeah. So now I don't have to wear a <laughs> ring. Um unless there are times when I want to. Like obviously I still can or mm -hmm. if I need to. But I did not get that for, for the majority of the time. It wasn't yeah. like a matching thing. He just no. always wanted it because he doesn't want to wear a wedding ring. Mm -hmm. uh, just doesn't like the idea of yeah. the feeling of it, I guess. And then the other thing I got was on my right thigh, um, I got, so Julia mentioned one of the hikes. She said Cathedral Rock. Mm -hmm. So I got the, like, the silhouette of Cathedral Rock over what is supposed to kind of look like a starry night. And then in the sky, there are seven stars, which, you know, they each kind of have meaning to me. One is for my parents, and then the other six stars are for my each of my siblings and their families. Yeah. So, um, Speaking of stars, uh -oh. the stars there, like you just don't see that here. We got to see like when at night when you would just look up, you could you could see like the entire what felt like the solar system. Like there's just so much out there, so clear. I think I got yeah. a picture of it. Like it's just awesome. Yeah. So. That was one of the things there that's like so different than here in mm -hmm. Philadelphia where we live. You know, in the city with all of the, the lights around, you know, you, you're lucky if you see any stars, yeah. let alone many. And just out there in the middle of Sedona, like it gets so dark at night yeah. and you see so many stars yeah. and it's so cool. Like Really cool. So all, all in all, it was definitely a trip that we we both yeah. loved. It was a good, you know, mental break. You know, we COVID still a thing. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of something that we were had to mentally and physically prepare for. Yeah. Um, you know, we did everything that we thought we could to to stay safe, to keep other people safe. Um, and you know, it's amazing what all the different airlines and hotels are doing to. Um, you know, just to try and keep their yeah. There was never a moment where either of us felt like they weren't. No one was taking care of it or like thinking about it. Like everyone, yeah. 
on our flight was wearing a mask. We were wearing two. Like mm-hmm. they had wiped down everything. I brought wipes to wipe down everything. Like it was, it was good. Yeah. So it was a good trip. And while we were out there, and still, we just keep talking about wanting a house there. Not only wanting a house there, but now we're like kind of opening our minds to just like what we want to be doing the yeah. next few years. Like, what is our goal? What is our agenda? Like, we've both been, you know, working home and it's just like kind of opening our minds to like, okay, well, we have a chance right now to like just decide if we want to do something else, live somewhere else, travel, yeah. just, you know, so, which I'm glad because it kind of got Pat on board a little bit more with just the idea of like tiny bit more doing a lot more yeah doing something else so yeah 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 so it's we've been having a lot of good conversations um just talking about and it's conversations that we should have been having either way but definitely kind of the travel sparked the conversation just kind of like what do we want with Mm -hmm. life and that's like weird that's like a big question but also like how do we want to be living what do we want to be doing you Mm -hmm. know covid kind of the the pandemic the work from home it's opened our eyes to so many different options yeah um so we're just kind of like having these honest conversations with each other about like you know one thing is like julie wants to travel i want to be home closer to family julie wants to do this i want to do that and it's not like that's not necessarily an exact example but like you know it's just like kind of balancing each other out and finding like yeah a a mutual ground that we can both I think you know, it, you do know, and be happy. We're not there point, yet. You know, we both want to be in one place at yeah. some point. And I think the whole thing now is just that now is the time. We don't have kids. You know, it's just the time where we can like do what we want to do and be anywhere we want. Yeah. So that's just kind of what the trip had made us think and think about getting a house somewhere in Sedona, somewhere that's easy or not easy to get to, but you know, yeah, just different. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Keep keep us uh, keep us to that word. Yeah, we're trying to manifest that, trying to make something happen. We don't know what it is exactly, yeah. but we're gonna keep talking and pursuing and yeah. googling. Yeah, to see what Got we can figure out. So, um, so the, the sorry the vlog blog post. Just check my Instagram. Um, it'll be up in the next few days. For so yeah, a lot of good footage on there. Um, it's funny, every time we do anything, Julie's always filming, and I always yell at her, put your camera down, put your camera down, and be in the moment, blah, blah, blah. And then afterwards, I'm like, all right, let's see your vlog. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see the video. I want to see what it was like. I want to remind myself. So it's a really good reminder. And He's some thankful really, for me is what yeah, you're Yeah, thankful say. for it. And <laughs> I guarantee there's going to be some cool shots and probably some awkward conversations of me talking and being yep. awkward. So that'll be good. But yeah. the worst part about the trip, though, was missing our darn dog. Oh my God, we did miss her so much, like more than I thought we were going to miss her. Yeah. It was funny when we... I don't know why. So I mean, when we left here, Philadelphia, there was a lot of like pending storm. So we were playing a little bit of Jenga with our our flight time, trying to figure out, you know, when we could get out. Yeah. Um, and having Willow kind of took away some of that flexibility. So we called um, the the house, the, the couple that we give Willow to her, yeah, her watch boarding willow her boarding daycare family and they were so flexible with us it was honestly amazing how good they were to mm-hmm. us and they took willow and that, that enabled they took her an extra night and that enabled us to get out as early as possible the next morning before yeah. the weather came we ended up switching our flight and to be earlier yeah 
And then when Willow left for the night, we both kind of were like, oh, it's such a break. Like, we don't have to take her out. Yeah. We're, like, not responsible for her. Like, and it's funny. I actually had a dream the first night that I could hear Willow in the crate whining, which was, like, <laughs> kind of cute, kind of sad, kind yeah. of like, please just let me sleep. Yeah. Um, but after that first night when we were, like, all right, kind of like a little bit of a weight off our shoulders, mm-hmm. we both were, like, kind of miss her. Kind of miss yeah. her. You know, it's I like... Know. I don't know. She's our baby. Yeah. So it was so. good to see her. And she was very excited to see us when we came back yesterday. So it was good. Yeah. It was really good. She she's was excited. So like she's just, I mean, she's been exhausted. Yeah. She's so tired. She's she, always the sweetest when she's tired. Yeah. She's just been, I mean, sitting on our couch, just mm-hmm. wanting attention, wanting to be pet, wanting to rest her head on us. Yeah. And just, yeah, it was good. It was good getting back and seeing her. And you about to cry? Julia took. <laughs> Julia took a little video when we first saw Willow and Willow yeah. was just like so excited. Almost like uncontrollable because oh, yeah. Julia walked across the room and I stood on the one side and Willow like didn't know how to like yeah. run between us fast enough yeah, to like to give us hi. each the attention she wanted to give us. So. I think she grew a little bit too. Well she, she definitely did. She definitely grew. She's she, a little taller. Like I could definitely tell that she was a little taller. Yeah. Um Yeah, she's definitely gonna be a a big girl. Yeah. So, and then actually one of the sad parts is yesterday when we were flying back, the, um, the couple that she does the boarding with sent us a picture and, um, Willow was, had some blood when she was urinating. Yeah. Um, which nothing serious. nothing serious. We took her, got back last night. We got Willow, you know, she was acting fine. She was, um, you know, being her normal self, but again, like the blood in the urine is mm-hmm. never definitely wasn't like a a good thing to see yeah so we kind of monitor monitored her last night into this morning this morning it was still there so we called the vet we took her to the vet uh this afternoon so yeah they've they've got her they're taking care of her yeah so hopefully we'll just kind of figure out what's going on there and yeah get it taken care of but they didn't seem concerned so no no seems like it's a uti or something yeah so something something common but yeah we did miss her. She's yeah. our little baby. Today, um, since this is a big topic just in general and I've gotten, you know, we've gotten a lot of questions on um, anxiety, how to deal with it, have we had it. Um, on Instagram, I've talked about it a little bit and I keep saying that we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So we thought today would be a good episode to talk about just anxiety in general we're going to kind of tell you guys our our personal stories with it um, and, yeah, and just talk about it. Yeah. This is one of those topics that, you know, Julie and I are not experts on. Yeah. We can't claim to be doctors telling you what to do. We just, you know, this is a topic that a lot of people ask us about, especially after last week's episode where we did talk a lot about anxiety mm-hmm. and the CBD gummies yeah. and you know, there were so many requests of people saying, hey, can you guys just do an episode about anxiety? anxiety and we yeah. were like, yes, we can do an episode about that. But because it is, you know, a, a medical related discussion, you know, we, we need to put the disclaimer out. We yeah. aren't doctors. We don't, you know, we're not prescribing anybody to do anything. Um, you know, we're going to talk about it, kind of talk about our experiences, some things that people have told us that mm-hmm. have been helpful or things that haven't been helpful and just kind of, you know, ma- make it an open dialogue, an open conversation because it is something that is so prevalent. Um, 
yeah. you know, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. So um, do you want to get into kind of yeah. your background, your experience with anxiety yeah. first? And another real quick thing, um, as we were kind of putting together some of our notes on this, you know, we, we realized that this actually is a good episode for people who have anxiety, but also for people who don't have anxiety to try and understand um, a little bit more about what anxiety is. And I admittedly, um, you know, I I went a while or a long time in my life not really knowing or understanding anxiety. And I remember saying to Julia, like, oh, just get over it. Think about something else. Like, it's just stress. Um, And now looking back, I'm like, I couldn't have been more wrong because I didn't know or understand what anxiety was. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this episode could be good for people, one, for people who do have anxiety, just kind of a, you know, place to air it out, maybe get an idea or two. But also for people who don't have anxiety to try and like yeah. better understand and, you know, just kind of be part of the conversation. Or maybe I was online or on a show or something where somebody was just trying to, they were saying to, for people that don't have anxiety, the best thing you can do is just try to understand. Yeah. Um, because I think when people have it and then they like, for example, Pat and I, when I had a lot of anxiety and early in our relationship, he had never understood what that was. Um, it was kind of hard and I wanted to hide it a little bit instead yeah. of just being open about it. And I think if you're able to say, you know, I want to understand, like, let me explain or even like do your own research, um, it really can actually help whoever's dealing with the anxiety and just yeah. to understand that it's, you're right, it's not stress. It's like a medical condition. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of well, I was going to read you guys some statistics because it's, as we all know, a huge thing right now. You know, yeah. mental like health with dealing with the pandemic is one thing. And then now we're in like a mental health crisis that um, is worse than it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Before you get into your kind of your background and experience with anxiety, you want to talk about some of those statistics? Yeah. So. Um, one of them is, so according, this is all research quoted from the internet right now. Um, this is from BetterHelp. According to National Institute of Mental Health, just over 12% of U.S. adults cite that they have experienced social anxiety disorder in their lifetime, while approximately 7% had it in the last year. To compare these social anxiety statistics to another anxiety disorder, 5 to 6% of adults may experience generalized anxiety in their lives with two to three percent happening in the last year needless to say i mean with that stat mm-hmm. is i mean i think about 12 percent of people mm-hmm. that's a lot of people yeah. and i mean i don't even know another thing that 12 percent of the population does or is so to think yeah. that 12 percent of people suffer from like the social anxiety like that's so many people and it, it, it is something that's so prevalent that just having a conversation about it is useful yeah. and something that we should all be aware of and this one says um so a report shows that around 45 percent of patients waited at least two years before they were able to get a formal diagnosis only 50 percent of all anxiety disorders have been recognized which is a setback for treatment that's yeah. kind of crazy i mean yeah definitely kind of crazy and the, the point of those two, I mean, the two years waiting to get a diagnosis, to me, that kind of like connects with me and like my experience with mm-hmm. it because 
you know, not to get into my story, but at the beginning when I was like, what am I feeling? Like, what is this? Like, I wasn't seeking help immediately. Yeah. I wasn't talking to doctors. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was like, oh, I can just stomach this and I'll be and okay. It gets bottled it up. Like, yeah, it got, got bottled up. And like, it did take a while. I mean, it took, I'll get into it, a big experience where somebody was like, yeah, that's anxiety. And yeah. it was really bad. Um, you know, which is... Um, you know, a shame because it's not something that needs to be stigmatized. It's not something that shouldn't be talked about. It is something that should be, you know, as, as soon as you're experiencing whatever these feelings, emotions are, should be talked about. Yeah. I'll just read this last one. Um, World, Health, World Health Organization states that anxiety and depression have increased by over 50% between 1990 and 2013. 615 million people were affected, up from 416 million. The figure, this figure is easily one of the most significant depression and anxiety statistics. The rates are also showing no signs of stopping anytime soon. Hmm. Yeah, those, those stats right there, the one you just read is, it's an interesting one because it doesn't necessarily mean that more people are suffering from anxiety, but luckily more people could be being diagnosed with it, right. which is a good thing. It's, it, it. I think we all have hopefully recognized that it's become a more public conversation, whether it's tied to, you know, depression or mental health. Anxiety is definitely turned into a more, you know, center stage type conversation. And well, I think it's good and bad. I mean, the good part is that it is turned into a good conversation and we're all opening up more about it. Mm -hmm. The bad part is why are so many people having this? Why yeah. is it so big that it's, you know, taking over, like, if it if it wasn't like this before. And yeah. a lot of people will say, oh, social media or oh, this or that. And I'm sure that has a part. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure there's just a ton of reasons. So yeah. to get into my story, um, I'll try to keep it semi-short. But I didn't, I was definitely, like, happy and never really dealt with it until uh, senior year of high school. When it kind of came on to me in like a weird way when I just, I really didn't understand what was happening or what it was, but I would, basically I would be at school um, and I always started to, I just wanted to like leave school and I really was just like, I don't want to be here and it had nothing to do with like not wanting to learn or anything like that. I would start to get what I now know are like panic attacks and I didn't know at the time. So I would just be like, I have to go. I would feel nauseous and I had this like fear of like throwing up. And that would make it worse because I didn't want to like get sick in school or in front of everyone. And and almost like the fear of that kind of preempted the anxiety attack. So it was almost mm -hmm. like turned into a fear of anxiety, a fear of getting, yeah. you know. So I think that was probably like the half of my senior year. And eventually by the end, by the end of it, um, there was like a week where I couldn't even get out of bed. And my mom would, my mom was working at the time. And I remember calling her so many times while she was at work and I would just be panicked. And I know that it like really like didn't sit well with her. Like she was just very like anxious about me being anxious and neither of us understood what was going on, but I would wake up and I would I'd wake up in the morning and I would have this like super out of body feeling. That's like the only way I can describe it. Like I would just be like, so in my head, I would have this question of like, who am I? Like I almost like would look in the mirror and like didn't recognize myself and like really didn't recognize myself to the point where I like would just break down and like have a panic attack and start crying. And it was so hard to explain that to people. Like 
I never knew what it was. And I would just kind of like being 18, I would just cry about it and like need a quick fix. So that was like a week of me not getting out of bed. I didn't go to school. Um, and then I ended up going right to a doctor so I could get like a quick fix because it was kind of to the point where my mom was like, I need you to like feel better until we can figure out what the long-term like steps are going to be. So I went to the doctor and I got, I think I got immediately prescribed to Xanax. So it wasn't like a a prescription. I mean, it was a prescription, but it wasn't something that was like a long-term take this every day. It was a take this as needed. So I got home and I did take, and I took the first one and it obviously immediately made me feel relaxed. And I was like, I feel great. <laughs> like it, it really is like a quick thing if you're prescribed to it and if you need it. Um, so after that, I, I did go on like medication for I think two years and I was seeing a therapist and doing all these things. And um, the only thing I can really say, you know, to not go into like every detail um, about it is that eventually the therapy helped me realize that it just was a part of like who I am and it kind of led me back to my childhood of having like fears of things and overthinking. So the overthinking really just turned into panic attacks because um, I never had like all the therapists were like trying to figure out if I had like past trauma. And I was like, I mean, really, there wasn't. There was nothing that had happened in my life that made sense as to why it was happening. So still to this day, I don't really know, like, where it came from. I kind of just know how I dealt with it. And I did go on medication for two years. And eventually, that just kind of made me feel like a robot. So I wanted to get off of it. And for two years, I, I felt like a robot, but I also felt a lot better in terms of anxiety. So I felt like it was time for me to, like, wean off of it. So I did, um, and I think with age, I just matured a little bit more where I was able to realize that, like, anxiety is now a part of me. So now when the panic attacks start to happen, like, yes, I still have had them and they've been horrible, but most of the times I'm able to control them um, and just know when they come on if I, or if I have that out-of-body feeling that it's it's normal and it's okay. And I think the part with me early on when I was, like, 18 was that I didn't feel like any any this was happening to anyone else. So I felt like I was crazy. Now I'm prescribed to Xanax for life, but I, I mean, Pat could say I literally never take it. It's just kind of one of those things that I have in case. Like if we take, you know, a plane ride and I'm starting to feel anxious, I'll just take it because I don't want to have to deal with it. And it's probably, I, I would say I probably take one, like one, one to two times a year. So that's basically my story. I'm trying to think if I missed anything, but you know. No, I... I think that's, you know, perfect. That's probably the way I would have explained your story and just kind of getting into your experience with anxiety a little bit. And, you know, the way I kind of think about Julia's anxiety is it's definitely like part of her. Yeah. It's part of her daily, mm -hmm. um, under control some days better than other days. Yeah. You know, when, when we you know, when we flew back from Sedona, like, yeah, the Xanax came into the conversation. Like there are, you know, times when it's worse than others there, yeah. you know, there also will be times where we don't talk about it, where it's like, okay, you know, you're in control, you're, mm -hmm. you know, um, I think like but it, there would be times too, like when we first met, when it was even less in control than it is now, like I was not able to like go to restaurants yeah. or like you know, certain like social situations would freak me out. And it wasn't because I didn't feel social. It was like, 
it was the idea of like being trapped somewhere that I couldn't get out of and like what was going to happen. And then immediately from that thought, it was anxiety. So it's really about like being able to control where your thoughts go and it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So should I get into mine? Yeah. So my experience and when, you know, when Julie and I were kind of setting up this episode and thinking about it, you know, Julia's experience with anxiety is more of like a long-term sustained uh, relationship with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that we talk about daily, weekly, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of go ongoing where mine is something that is, you know, kind of spikes or, you know, is not part of the conversation. Um, so, you know, going back a couple of years now, and I think I've talked about this actually on a couple episodes now, yeah. you know, when I look back, I can like clearly point out like, yes, I was having anxiety it was really bad. And there was a little bit of a stint, I think, um, you know, leading up to us getting engaged, it was, um, something that probably for months going up to that. And there were a lot of factors that were like triggering me in ways that I was felt like I was losing control to the point where I would, and some of my old coworkers would talk about this. Like I would get to my desk at work and feel like I was a zombie. I would feel like I couldn't do work. I couldn't focus. I couldn't get anything done. Um, And, you know, I used to always like laugh it off and just be like, yeah, sorry, guys, I'm hungover today. And I used to say that. And that was my way of kind of like covering up what I was actually feeling and how I was actually thinking. And um, so it kind of climaxed one night for me. I had never said that I had anxiety. I never acknowledged that that could have been part of what I was feeling. And, you know, it was kind of like a normal work day. I went to work, did whatever there, came back home, had dinner. You know, I was was laying in bed. It was like 930 at night and I was texting with Julia. And, you know, it was like. At the time we were living in different. Yeah, this is when I lived in D.C. and she lived in New York. So I was texting with Julia and. Um, I used to wear an Apple watch all the time and my Apple watch, one of the things I would have on the face of it was my heart rate. Bad decision. Bad decision, bad decision. So I'm laying there in bed, just kind of like, I don't know, 930 at night, like laying down for bed and watching TV and I start kind of like feeling like something's up. I don't know any way to describe it other than like that, like something was feeling weird about myself. So I look at my Apple watch and it's like, okay, like I see it's 9.30 at night. I see my heart rate, like pretty normal. And, and then I couldn't get out of my mind that I was feeling weird, like something mm-hmm. was wrong. Um, kept kind of just texting Julia, a little bit goes by and I start feeling worse and worse and worse and worse. And I finally... Um, I'm laying there feeling as bad as I could feel, like probably sweating, just like can't sit still. And my, I felt like my heart was racing and I look at my Apple watch and it says that my beats per minute was 171, which 171 beats per minute for me is like a very, very, very hard workout. Like my average, like laying in bed beats per minute which i was laying in bed should have been like 
mid fifties to mid sixties. So I see this on my watch. I stand up. I like feel like I'm about to black out. I quickly put on like I sleep in my underwear. So I like quickly put on pants, throw on a t-shirt, grab my phone and I just run outside because I think I'm having a heart attack and about to Mm -hmm. keel over. And you live Um, alone. And I, yeah, I live alone. So there's like nothing for me to like call my roommate, like, Hey, come here. Mm -hmm. So I run outside um, just because like, if I do go down, I want somebody to be able to find me. So I get outside, like stop answering Julia's texts. Like I start freaking out. I like try and like get around the block. And finally I just like, I got to go to the emergency room. So I like call Julia then I'm like on my way to the emergency room. Um, and I'm like, Hey, this is happening. Like I thought I was having a heart attack. I didn't know what was going on. My heart rate obviously was through the roof. My mind was all over the place. I'm sweating. Like it was just brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Terrible feeling. Yeah. Um, so I get to the emergency room. Like they get me checked in. They, you know, I do the echocardiogram. I do the, you know, everything. And they're like, you know, your heart seems fine. You're, you know, everything's kind of normalizing. Um, you know, we'll set you up in this room, wait for the doctor. So the doctor comes in finally and, you know, starts talking about what I was experiencing. You know, they do blood work. They did the, um, as I said, the echocardiogram. I think they did, um, I don't remember if they did, I don't remember exactly what they did. And finally they come in. At this point, it's like four in the morning. I'd been, you know, this kind of uh, started like 9.30 at night. At this point, it's like 4.30 in the morning, 4 or 4.30 in the morning. And... Um, the doctor comes in and she's like, you know, everything else seems normal. The only thing that I can say I think happened is you had an anxiety attack. Yeah. And at that point to me, it was kind of like, I mean, one, it was a little bit of like a sigh of relief. Like, okay, I didn't just have a heart attack. I think like when you were on your way to, you had thought about it because I had mentioned to you on the phone, like trying to calm you down being like, there's a huge possibility that you're having a panic attack because yeah. these are all of the symptoms, you know, yeah. and it, some of them. Yeah. Yeah. I obviously had no idea what was going on. And, you know, the seeing 171 is like my beats per minute while I'm laying in bed is like, yeah, like that's so high. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my heart's about to explode. I can't think about anything other mm-hmm. than the fact that I'm about to die. And I think it was and a good thing to go. You know, like yeah, it was a good thing to go because something it was your it was the first time you had ever had that experience, yeah. and like if you you know yeah, and and the good thing about it was because like it got me to the doctor, it got me talking about it, it got me wanting to learn more about like what I was feeling, yeah, and you know it it's still something that I definitely don't deal with it the way you deal with it. I deal with it in like spurts, and I think you know. Mm-hmm. When those sports come, it's like, I don't even know how to explain. Like, I feel like, you know, there are times where I'm like, okay, I am dealing with anxiety right now. I need to. Yeah. But I think for you, like, and obviously everyone experiences this differently as we're describing both of our situations. But for you, like having the learning experience of being like, I've never had anxiety before. And now, and you had the panic attack almost is a good thing for you to realize that like, when stuff like this stresses you out or when stuff is really getting when you're feeling anxious, you like 
you're more calm about knowing that like yeah. you're okay and like panic attacks cannot kill you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I mean, I feel like I've benefited from that experience that night because now yeah. when I feel those feelings coming on, it's like, okay, like, yes, they suck. But two, it's like, okay, I'm all right. Mm -hmm. You know, like I know, I don't necessarily know how to deal with it, but I know how to try to mentally convince yeah. myself that like, all right, this isn't a heart attack. This doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to die right now. Yeah. This means I'm dealing with anxiety. Try to yeah. figure that out. I think so. something I could say to everyone who like, whether it's anxiety or depression, and I don't have a lot of experience with depression. Yeah. Um, I can't say, I mean, yeah, I can say that I've seasonally depressed and things like that, but I don't think that I want to talk about like being truly depressed. Um, but just listen to like what your body is saying. And I think like talking about it is always good. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I had dealt with in, with anxiety also came with like some type of OCD. A lot of people push back, like going to the doctor or talking to somebody. And I think it's, if it's crippling you every day, if it's taking like my mom and my doctor used to always say like, if it's something that is taking your normal day and changing it, and it's like changing the person that you are, then that's the time when you should get help and do something about it. Like if you have, cause I said that I was on medication. I'm not trying to tell people to do that if you're feeling anxious, because that yep. is not, I do not recommend that. It was a time where I was like, I need help. I can't get out of bed. But like now there are other ways and other things to do if you're just kind of like dealing with it every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the differences between our stories, right? So your experience is long-term kind of ongoing. My experience is I have these instances where it spikes, mm -hmm. right? And some of the DMs and messages we received are people who think it's anxiety. They're not sure. They don't know what, they don't know this, they don't know that. Or I'm sure there are people listening right now that are like, that have in their mind thoughts where they're like, wow, I wonder if that's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And to take it to what you just say, said, like, that is the first step is like acknowledging, okay, I feel a little funky. It's m messing with my day to day. Like I'm at work. I'm supposed to be focused on work. Why can't I? Or I'm at home with my kid. Why can't I do this? Or mm -hmm. I'm... Like you if, don't have if to have a traumatic experience to feel this. No, it it doesn't mean you're going to like have an experience with me. It doesn't mean it's going to go on forever like Julia's. It means, you know, if there are times where you're feeling certain ways, something feels off, something feels up, like having a conversation with somebody or actually the first step is acknowledging, like yeah. being aware, like, wow, I actually do feel a little off. That's mm -hmm. okay. Let me talk to other people who maybe you know, had similar experiences. Let me call my doctor. Let me, let me talk to a yeah. friend to see if they've ever felt this way. Yeah. Like, don't feel like that is kind of the, yeah, not. no. And taking it back to the statistics you said earlier, mm -hmm. like I, probably part of the problem with the night that I went to the emergency room is I was sitting there and I like, I was alone, but I felt so helpless mm -hmm. too, because I was like, I couldn't call you because you couldn't do anything. I couldn't call, yeah. you know, my friends because they couldn't do anything. I couldn't yeah. call my parents. They couldn't do anything. I think anything. that was also like part it. of the anxiety was like of you course. were alone. Yeah. And that's. 
but in a situation is scary like that. But when you understand and think about the statistics that like this is so widespread, mm-hmm. this is something that a large part of the population are dealing with. Like you're not alone. These mm-hmm. feelings are not unique to you. Yeah. Like people are dealing with this. There are, you know, not solutions, but there are um, there's ways to help remedies out yeah. there that can make it feel better that can yeah. make it a little better so and, and i think that's kind of like what we wanted to transition to the conversation yeah. to here is like what's helped us yeah what's helped us and again this is another spot where we just need to call out like we aren't doctors we don't know this is what we've learned this is what what's we've learned and this is what we've done yeah you know times when we've feeling you know anxious things yeah. that we can do so yeah so, um, I've said this, I think before briefly on my Instagram, but the number one thing that has, I think truly changed my entire life, um, was drinking, going from regular coffee to decaf coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know. Did I know I, when I started and I met you, was I already doing that? No, you were drinking regular. So when I drink regular coffee or I don't know, even know if it's the same anymore cause I still do drink decaf, but what I noticed before, um, when I... I remember living at home and being with my mom and we would make coffee in the morning and I would just feel jittery. And it was, and it wasn't like, for some reason I wasn't even like referring it to coffee or I would have moments of like, I would be sweating or I'd be just starting to get like panicky and I didn't realize why. And it would kind of last all day and it was so hard for me to do anything else. And I, I think maybe my doctor had told me to stop drinking coffee and then my mom Throughout the whole process, my mom, because I was living with her, was just doing a ton of research. And, like, that was one of the huge things that came up was caffeine. Um, so I stopped drinking coffee for a while, and I and I switched to decaf coffee. And I just noticed such a big change. Like, yeah. I just noticed that I could – I would – you know, it's the first thing I drink in the morning. So after – and, like, still today, when I do sometimes have – I'll do, like, half regular, half decaf. And sometimes if it's too much regular, like, I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have had that. Like, I can really feel that today. But, like, knowing that it's a part of what is giving me the anxiety or the panic attacks is, like, I can kind of deal with it more now. Yeah. But I just had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the the caffeine – not only coffee, but caffeine in yeah, general caffeine. is something that we've both experienced. And then, you know, on my end, um, my experience with like alcohol mm-hmm. and anxiety. And and that's oh like gosh. a pretty common thing that, you know, if you find, you know, if you Google, you know, remedies for anxiety, like eliminating caffeine and alcohol. Like those are... Alcohol, are, especially because like when you're hungover, how anxious do you feel? Yeah, you feel it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah. So those are two things to think about, but also I think more broadly, it's about what you're putting in your body, right? Mm. If you think anxiety is something you're feeling and dealing with, like looking at what you're putting in your body, whether it be caffeine, coffee, or alcohol, but also like foods, Mm -hmm. right? I know how I feel when I eat, and I'm doing air quotes right now saying healthy, when I eat healthy, I know how I feel yeah. versus when I eat like crap, I know how I feel. And that goes beyond to say like, oh, I feel so full, like my yeah. stomach hurts. It's also like, no, my head is groggy. I mm-hmm. can't think straight. I'm feeling like anxious. I'm feeling, you know, there's so worried. much like, out there's there about so food. much that goes on when I put these different things yeah. in my body. Yeah. And I think that was also 
you know, we've talked about me being vegetarian and, you know, when I say, oh, I've been vegetarian for a year and however many months, people are like, oh, do you feel better? And I think physically, like, yeah, I guess I feel better. But really mentally, mm-hmm. I think I feel way better. Yeah. And, and that's it's a, one of those things, too, that, like, you have to – everyone's difference. You have to figure out, like, what is affecting you differently. And there's so yeah. many ways to do that. And I think it's easy to make fun of people that are vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, all this stuff. But it's, like, they're doing it for a reason. Yeah. And if that makes you feel better, then, of course, you're going to do that. You know? And there's yeah. so many statistics and facts on, like – Foods, food, whatever yeah. you eat is going to be the outcome of yeah. your body. So these are just like those three things like food, alcohol, and caffeine. I mean, if you're looking for things without like a medicine to help you, like those are your first three things to try. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely what you're putting in your body is something to like pay attention to. Yeah. And you know how we said earlier, like this episode is for people who are not dealing with anxiety. I think this is a point to call out like, you know, I obviously take, not obviously, but I do take a lot of slack for my friends who are like, why are you being vegetarian? Yeah. Like, just eat a burger. And it's like, you guys just don't get it. Yeah. Like, I'm doing this for my own good. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because if I eat a burger, I'm going to feel terrible. Yeah. And like, that's kind of know, how I am with like drinking a lot. too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I could take four shots extra, but I know how I'm going to feel the next day. And I know that it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like get, I get it. I was that guy, mm-hmm. however many years ago, when my friend wouldn't drink or when my friend, you know, yeah, I get it would too. eat. It's like, yeah, I'm going to give them a hard time. Yeah. I'm going to make fun of them. I'm going to, you know, be a jerk. But now, you know, kind of taking it full circle. Now I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That's something as a friend to, or as a person to just be like, okay, if people yeah. do these things, they're doing it for their own good. Yeah. Like, let me be supportive. Yeah. So that was kind of like the intake right so like you know the food alcohol and caffeine like Mm -hmm. just being cognizant of what you're putting in your body um and then another one that like julia and i both kind of like swear by is when we move our bodies when we are feeling anxious like i feel like you always say this to me yeah like if i'm feeling some type of way you'll be like julia go run yeah, like, I, I can always tell in the mornings, like how what kind of day, like, it's yeah, be. what kind of day it's going to be for Julia. And I'm like, <laughs> if she's in a bad spot and I can see where we're going, it's like Julia, I'll take Willow, go work out, please. Like, yeah, go move your body, like, and I, I honestly, I have no idea what it is about working out that can help with anxiety and feeling anxious. But we no, both have it's... had the experience that, like, when we're feeling anxious, if we work out afterwards, we will feel better. Well, I think what working out is, one, it's like the physical movements of your body and like getting your heart rate to a certain place. It's also like no one besides that feeling, no one is like loving working out. You know, you're not like doing it because you're like, this feels amazing until afterwards. But your brain is really focused on that. Like your brain is focused on oh, running. This sucks. This hurts. This blah, blah. So your brain is like detaching from the anxiety and the stress and it's giving you like a fresh start. So, like, that's what I like about it because it's, like, if I'm having these uncontrollable thoughts and about things that I cannot control, then I need to go exercise so that my brain is just, like, okay, refocus. We're doing something else now. Either come back to it later or just, like, totally forget about it. And there's not many ways to do that other than take your brain somewhere that it can't, you know. Yeah. Like, people would say, like, oh, I like to meditate. And, like, that's great for me. My brain is not able to like focus on 
that yeah. without going in other directions. So you just kind of mm-hmm. have to find what works. Yeah. Yeah, I think like the working out thing for me, like, and everybody always says this, like after a workout, you never look back and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Like your brain is always never. like, that was awesome. Good job. Mm-hmm. And like, Even if it's small. Yeah, just a small, something like go for a walk, mm-hmm. you know, go go hike, go mm-hmm. on a trail, go do something like, you know, you, your body and your brain are always going to be like appreciative yeah. of that. And Something that, um, this is like a quick thing that, to be honest, it hasn't been like so helpful for me, but I just wanted to point something out about my one therapist told me a long time ago is if you do feel, that's obviously isn't going to work for everyone, but if you ever feel like a panic attack coming, um, trying like to steer your brain other directions like one thing you can do is like drink really really cold water or like splash cold water on your face and it's supposed to like take your brain out of where it's at Mm. for me i would always get there too late so it really depends like who you are and what you're able to do and like how you can refocus yourself but i just remember her saying that yeah well it's a good little tidbit to try Mm -hmm. right if you're in a spot where you can't work out you can't do something physical it's like all right let me just grab a couple of cups of cold water and pour it on my mm. face, pour it over my head, put it down my back. And... Yeah. It's like just <laughs> pour the cold water on yourself yeah. and see if it can kind of steer your directions and or steer your brain in another direction. And um, so uh, another one that I think has been really helpful for me is just talking um, and being able to communicate. And I think this is something that is good with our relationship or my relationship with Julia is me being able to say, Hey, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm not asking for you to like, give me your advice or be my therapist, but I just need to air it out. Mm-hmm. And I just need to like speak this into the world. Yeah. So I just need you to sit there and listen and yeah. like, you know, and so it's like, you know, it, and to me, I probably something I deal with is like the bottling up of emotion and thing that I'm feeling and then that that you know circulates and builds and turns into something more Mm -hmm. so when I can like acknowledge like okay here's where I am here's what's happening let me just verbalize it to somebody and they can help me have a good thing just talk about it so something that I did for a while that helped me so much in the beginning when I was having trouble understanding what was going on I actually remember um, I got a CD. I don't know if my therapist or doctor recommended it, but it was a CD and her name was Claire Weeks. Pretty sure that's her name. And she was like this British woman that it was like a, a CD that you put into your computer and it was like a soundtrack so you would listen. And it was her talking about anxiety and basically walking you through the steps and then also telling – it was like a – a series on like kind of how to overcome it. I think it was like how to co- overcome anxiety mm-hmm. by Claire Weeks or something. Yeah. And I remember being so happy when I listened to it because she was literally everything I was feeling, she was nailing. Like yeah. she was saying it and I was like, oh my God, that's it. And she was, and I would listen to it with my mom. So it would help my mom understand what I was going through because she was like, oh, well, like the way she described what I was going through made my mom understand. So like, it's also another way. I mean, you guys can look her up or there's probably so many things out there, but um, having somebody with you when you like, maybe if you want to bring them to therapy or maybe like it's, it's a good thing to have somebody understand what you're going through 
Because then you're going to look for them when you need it for their comfort. And, like, you'll understand that they get it. And even if they're just, like, I understand, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think another thing would be, like, there's apps. Headspace. There's Calm. The Calm app. Like, there's just so many easily accessible things that aren't going to cost money, too. Because, obviously, therapy and that stuff is expensive. Um, Yeah. Just different resources that are out there. I'm glad I remembered that CD because I remember that helping so much. Yeah, I couldn't help but, I don't know if you saw me, I was laughing when you started to explain that because I was like, wait, you know what a CD is? I thought you were too young for that. Okay. If you're Walk under man's. if you're under the age of uh, 20 years old, yeah, Google what a CD is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll help you understand okay, what we're sure talking about. Okay, I'm sure you could about. get her on your phone I know, I'm kidding. Now. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm sure she's out there everywhere, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and what you're saying, like finding the CD and doing it with your mom, I, I think that's another part of what was helpful for me about talking about it with you is feeling like I'm going through it with somebody else. Yeah. And like I I used to always call my mom and my mom like, you know, I've probably called my mom so many times crying or like just so pent up, not knowing not what to mm-hmm. do where it's like, let me just call my mom. And so many times that was like, I feel like I'm at my last resort. Mm -hmm. Like, let me just get somebody else on the phone that I know is going to listen. Somebody that's not going to judge me and somebody that's going to like provide me comfort, Yeah, you know? Um, And and just having that other person there. Now it's like my wife, you know, used to be my mom. for you, like having me had already gone through a lot of it was also like a good resource for you because you're like, I know you're going to understand this. Yeah. So having the person, if they don't understand, try to have them understand. And if this person, you know, hopefully it's one of the closest people to you, they'll want to understand it. Yeah. Lucky enough for me, I had my mom doing like hours of research a day just so she could understand. Yeah. So. Yeah. Grateful. And then the the last little tidbit. um, Tidbit. Tip of advice. And this is one that you probably will never hear in a book. And I just have written down, ball it up, scream into a pillow, let your tears out, feel those emotions. Yeah. And the the reason I have that written down is because dealing with anxiety isn't about ignoring what you're feeling. It's not about, oh, that's not real, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, that's not never going to happen, get rid of it. It's about finding ways to f- properly deal with the emotions you're feeling because the emotions you're feeling are real. You're feeling them for a real reason. Well, and they're real, but something to note is that they're not always true. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not, whatever your, your brain is not, uh, whatever you're thinking is not always going to happen. Yeah. Most of the time, never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a better way to put it is your feel, your feelings are real, but what you're, I'm looking at Julia, your like thoughts. looking for, yeah, your thoughts may not be real or true, mm-hmm. but your feelings are real and how you're experiencing those feelings are yes. real. And sometimes just freaking crawling into bed and crying and screaming into your pillow is That's, okay. Yeah, listening to like, like what your body, like take the day off. Your body is saying, I love you something's up Hmm. let's deal with this and laying in your bed is what you got to do and that is okay yeah um especially at a time like this especially at a time like this past year yep 
of course, especially, yeah, time like this, this past year, like that is not something, that is something that we all need to be okay with Mm -hmm. other people saying. Like, this is me being a little sexist, but like, I need to be okay with that with my guy friends. I need to be okay with my friends saying, hey, I'm not coming out drinking with you tonight, or hey, I'm not coming to watch the game, I'm not coming to this, because... I'm feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay home and lay in bed. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Like just because, being honest about it. Yeah. We we don't need to hide this feeling. We don't need to hide anxious. We don't need to hide anxiety. Yeah. Because the fact is a lot of people are dealing with it. More people than not are dealing with it. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to get through it. So yeah. I feel like I could talk about this for hours. Yeah. I have so much to say and so many just things that I'm remembering about when I first started for me and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, this is a, a, a conversation we could have forever. You know, we, we try and keep ourselves under an hour here, yeah. so we're, we're going to cut it off here. That doesn't mean that the conversation needs to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, if there are people, you know, if you're listening and you have questions, if you're listening and you have ideas, you know, send us a DM, we'll share it with people. We're, we're yeah, always loving to you. connect in that way. So, yeah. yeah, things that have helped you, things that didn't help you, things yeah. that, you know, ways that your anxiety has manifested itself. So, all right. All right. Hope this was helpful and a little piece of, you know, helpful. I just hope that it was helpful. Yeah. I hope that it's helpful knowing that you're not going through it alone, yeah. that there's a lot to learn. Yeah. People who don't have anxiety, listen, learn. This you know, common. take it on. This is common. This is something that we're, is going to be around. All right. That is it for now, guys. We will see you next week. See you, everybody.